OTB Rugby. Quinny is going at a million miles an hour. And bear in mind, I didn't pass the ball that often. He was expecting the pass. He got the pass and scores. And in scoring, dislocates his shoulder. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there, and you're very welcome along to episode 31 of the Football Pod. The boys are in good form, just about, I'd say. I'd say you're very sweaty palms, lads, Boaty Saturday and Sunday. Ah, Kerry, we're fine anyway. The dubs are in trouble, lad. (laughs) (laughs) Dubs was a slab dunk, should we call it last week? Our predictions are never wrong. Two from two this week. We'll talk about the Dalton Cup later. We may have got that one wrong. But um, now it was a it was a good weekend, wasn't it? Better games than I thought they'd be, to be fair. Unbelievable games. Yeah. I did not I did I was telling Tommy on the phone, I did not in my stomach for the whole Kerry game and about two hours after. It was just like <laughs> it, it was just so engrossing that and the Dublin Mountain game as well. But obviously I was a bit more invested in the Kerry game, but like it was so engaging. I was the and same there was for so me. much going on. You Meeting couldn't. <laughs> I nearly started crying. Couldn't call who was going to win it. Thirty seconds in, he's got made it. To be fair, we should have expected that. <laughs> uh, but now, do, do you know, and then uh, we'll obviously go through about the game shortly now. But all three, all three games. Sorry. To be fair to Derry, we spoke a lot about them last week. Um, the, their style of play and what they go after Kerry. And to be fair, they went after Kerry. And they just probably ran out of gas coming down the stretch that second half. But yeah, there was definitely times during that, particularly that second half. Like here you go, eighteen minutes without scoring, and you're thinking, Jesus, they're actually, this is they're going to do this. Even though Derry were really on their last legs at that stage in the in the fourth quarter of the game. But and the same with Manahan, McManus rolling back the years and what eight minutes to go of normal time and their level. And I was, I must admit, I was down at a wedding. I was watching it on the great GEA go. And I was uh, I was nervous enough because the dubs just weren't going that well. And the conditions, no, Jimmy, we obviously played a very famous game in the absolute lashings of rain in 2015. Crow Park is hard going when it's like that, isn't it? Like, you need to be it absolutely spot on and precise. And Dublin weren't. <laughs> so... Well, look, it was brilliant. It was, there were two brilliant semi-finals. Talta Cup was obviously, it was very good to be credit to credit to Mead and, and their win. And it sets up an interesting two weeks ahead. We'll be busy, lads. We'll be busy. James, you mentioned the, yeah, we will be busy. We will. And we've got our football pod roadshow on the 27th in Crow Park, which is sold oh, yeah. out. If, if anybody, for whatever reason, can't make it, it, sometimes it happens and it's happened over the last couple of weeks we're more than happy to facilitate a ticket swap because I've got a wait list of about 100 people looking for tickets and uh, I'm not saying they're going to be as hard to get as the uh, All-Ireland final themselves but they're they're in demand lads for that roadshow on the 27th we will be announcing our special guests actually later this week I've been doing a bit of work today trying to tie down some guests so we'll be announcing who they are um, hint that we'll have more than one. Oh, yeah James you mentioned the knot in your stomach throughout the <laughs> Kerry Derry game can we delve into that a little bit more where, where were you watching the game I was at home in the apartment on your own with blinds down curtains drawn <laughs> dark seedy nobody interrupt me here no but it was just I, I like watching the games on my own sometimes if I'm not at the game I don't like any commentary on the game next to me Same. you know what I mean yeah, agree. Like if someone if someone's sitting next to me and they're commenting on ah, the ref or the, that was should I should have kicked that over, don't like that interruption. 
So uh, on my own. I think we're all the same. And I was engrossed in that game. And like straight away, we said, Derry need a goal. First score they got was back in there. I was like, oh, this is this is lit. And then Kerry straight back up the field for one back. 33 and seconds. Battles all over the field. I love Jules. That's what I love about games sometimes. Like Clifford McCaig was... Yeah, brilliant. I, I think that McKay probably got Clifford a year late in terms of his career. Like I think that he did as well as he could and and an absolute great of the game. But I think he probably is he thirty four McKay. Yeah, like and that, was that battle was unbelievable. Again. Yeah. Then you had Glass and Dermot O'Connor. I thought that was fascinating. Mm. Um, you had Foley and McGuigan. I thoroughly enjoyed that. You party Clifford and McCluskey and how that kind of how party dropped back and McCluskey kind of ran the game for twenty minutes. Yeah. There was so much going on. Connor Dart and the, the refereeing decisions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The refereeing decisions. We'll get into them. I'm sure a lot of them debatable. Some not so much. And then big scores at big times. Black cards. It just had everything. And I know Tomas said on Sunday game. You could argue that the better team on the day lost. I'm not sure would I I'm not sure would I go there, but you could definitely make a case for Derry winning that game and deservedly winning it if they did a couple of things different. Like the McKinless goal chance is such a moment in in their history. Like if he can <laughs> if he can bury that, Let's I think they're that. in the final. But, but did, did he, you think I I was at it. I was at the game. Uh when he goes by, and McKinless was exceptional. Yes, so good. Jesus, so talk good. about a guy taking, a taking the fight to Kerry. I felt he, he took it in too close. I think he could have he shot did. maybe a, a half a second or a second or two steps earlier. It's a brilliant save from Shane Ryan. Great a massive time. save. And to be fair, credit to Oran Lynch as well. He makes a massive save in the first half as well. Gavin right White. at the beginning Gavin of the game from Gavin White. A couple of minutes later, Gavin White gets in for the goal. <laughs> you just got the sense... The way Derry were playing, it was all action. It was they were coming at Kerry in ways. McCluskey was exceptional going forward. I agree. There was times Kerry were not dealing with runners in that first half. That was a no, massive, massive no. issue. Or on Lynch, Lynch coming out the pitch and creating an overlap. Kerry were struggling with that, which is surprising because you wouldn't expect it that something like that was going to happen. The black card when Dermot O'Connor sent off. Derry win that period five two, yeah. and it's it's. Rogers comes into the game because they realise we've we an extra man here and they're just going forward in waves it was always going to be difficult for Derry to keep that going for what turned out to be an 80 minute match and you just see they only score four points in the second half and I agree but the ones they left out there Paddy like I know their legs were yeah. gone we were in a group chat myself and the boys were texting Derry's legs are gone that's what the kind of general consensus was but at the same time they had the chances they, they didn't you know, miss in the first half the they were so, oh, they clinical, one way, yeah. so clinical in that first half and just felt nearly that that's so hard to sustain for, for the full match as well. And I think there's a they couple of ten in the second half. There's right? a couple of miss. Connor Dardy is a miss. They hit the post with one. McWigan kinda goes out of the game a little bit and he's the man. He's scores three points in the first half off Foley. I but, wonder but, well, Shane McGuigan concussed after that. You love a good concussion story. Okay, there is not a hope who's concussion. He got three points after he, he got nailed, the but sure he put the ball over the bar at the end of the game. That man was concussed. Why didn't he drop it? No, nah, you can't say he was or wasn't concussed. That's blasphemy there. And you're normally giving out to us for making statements like that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just think because the way the game was going, a goal on 51 minutes for McKinless would have been massive. Like talk, about, talk about an energy boost. And it's a brilliant save from, from Shane Ryan. Um, 
but, but Derry the better team I don't, I don't know I don't know if I agree with Tomas on that one I think Kerry's second half performance but the last 10 okay they, they go 18 minutes without scoring but the last 10 deserves massive credit because they were in a hole at half time you were thinking I agree I was nervous for them Jimmy um, I thought the way Derry were taking the game to them was causing to carry all sorts of problems and they found the answers again to be fair to them and to Jack O'Connor the bit of impact off the bench I'm sure took a touch on Stephen O'Brien and his impact I thought he was excellent but uh, but what a game and I'll and, and hold my hands up I wasn't expecting that yesterday I'm happily happy to be around on that one yeah, I think, well, I kind of said I didn't think it would be so open. I definitely didn't think Derry kick one eleven in the first half. That was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal kicking. But it was from the McKinless goal chance, right? Just from being a corner forward, he went around, I think he got around Stephen O'Brien around yeah. the 21. And at that stage, he knows I'm in on goal here. And he takes a solo, right? And that solo would do him. He had enough steps in him to get, you'd actually get six or seven steps out of it in front of goal there off the riff. Do you know, like he's not going to blow you for overcarrying after four steps. So he takes the solo, but straight after he takes the solo, he takes a hop. And I know from, from training with Shane Ryan and other top goalies, right, once you put the head down to take a play, they start moving forward at you. So Shane leaves his goal line as McKinless puts his head down to take the hop. And next thing, when McKinless collects the ball from the hop and looks up, Shane Ryan is on him and he is a giant in that situation. He makes himself so big and he doesn't make a big hard dive. He just gets big. It, it's almost kind of Schmeichel style. He just made himself, he put himself out there and he go, I bet you you're going to hit some limb anyway. And sure enough, he hit his hand. But I think if McKinless had just taken the solo and kept his head up, Shane would have had to stay back on his line and he'd have been able to just slot it home. I think so. It was great goalkeeping, but I think that hop just cost McKinless a second or two. It looked like that at the time in the stadium because you're kind of thinking he could actually take a point out so before he actually goes by the man. And once he yeah, goes by, you're right. thinking, no, you're on, you're on here. And it's just, it looked always oh, brought it in a little bit too close. And you're right, Ryan is out so quickly. And that's the thing, and, and goalkeepers will tell you, you can nearly catch them off guard by taking it early. Like, that mm. they're not set, they don't have that, that time. Um, a very famous one and the last goal that this man has conceded many yeah. many moons ago Spillane's goal against Klucko in the 2019 final that's an early goal and just it, that looked odd as well it was a brilliant goal but he took it so early Klucko you're, you're not that's, set that's inside left leg yeah, yeah. and you just weren't set it was a brilliant finish but that's that half a second and it's funny because the state we were, we were in, the, in the press box looking at it and just got a sense oh he's gone too close now look if it goes in obviously it's incredible, but it does, I agree with you. Just give Shane Ryan that half a second to make himself big, and that turns out to be a massive, massive play because Derry was struggling for scores, you could see it, and a goal like that, talk about an energy boost. I'll also mention, just there, when McKinless burns O'Brien, Dermot O'Connor is in the middle of the, the large D beside Connor Glass, and he chases that ball and once like O'Connor gets to it he nearly gets a block on it O'Connor absolutely just getting back it's nearly like Connor Fogarty's block for Kilkenny in the hurl on the last day just managing to make it back like that that had to have an, had an impact as well on, getting on in the eye line even yeah, just to getting, getting, getting in the way like and like just we saw some of that on both sides the kind of desperate chasing back and defending was Look, at Kiramina said it afterwards, he felt sick. He felt that they got everything right and he couldn't make sense of how they didn't manage to get over the line. I think Derry... Did Derry chase goals a little earlier? Or is that just the way Derry play? I don't think so. In the so. second half? I, uh, in the second half? No, I don't... I think that, that their chances were on. Okay. 
like the the first they the, they had a goal chance before they got the goal. They caught Graham in the first half. Yeah, yeah. So the the goal chances were on, and I think that it was important for their whole game plan to go for the jugular and go for the goal and get them and put Kerry under pressure. Even the fact they got the goal early would have rattled Kerry to the core. And it yeah. was like the one thing we said: don't concede goals after getting one. It was the point chances they missed cost them. Yeah, like the and the the one that stands out in my mind is Ethan Darty's one where he does unbelievable in the 10 slot, takes him on, beats his man, and does he, he kind of kicks it with his heel a bit and... 61st minute. And kind of cuts it across, whereas if he just... And McGuigan kicked a very similar score from a tighter angle in the first half with his left. Yeah. Do you remember? Darty like, lifted the a great side. score. It was a great yeah. score. But, yeah, but Darty just doesn't get it right. And, and, and that would It was kind of like an, oh, thank God for that. That would have put Derry three points clear. From Kerry point of view. Derry three points clear in the 61st minute. After that... But also, Tommy, Tommy, it was in that period where Kerry couldn't score. Yeah. And, and that's when I was really, from a Kerry's perspective, I would have been worried there. Graham O'Sullivan has a mad shot. Just totally, was like, yeah, just, that is just totally the wrong thing to do. never do that again. It's so rare, you see, <laughs> at that level. He got a spanking in the dressing But it was just like, it was like, dude, what it has happened there? And then Tony Brosnan misses one as well. And you're just thinking, this is a, this is a series of plays which is going to cost him. And that dirty point, yeah, or the dirty miss would have put Derry three up. And even though they're struggling for scores, Kerry were really malfunctioning at the other end. And you see how quickly they turn it around. The couple of frees, and look, mm, there were some soft ones there. A couple of refereeing decisions, we'll, I'm sure we'll chat about them now. I don't like going in big on, on the ref side of things, but there, there was just, in a game that tight, and we said it, and the same in the other semi-final on Saturday night, this level, this stage of the championship, the games come down to the smallest margins. And it's going to be the same in two weeks' time on the 30th of July. That game is going to go to the wire and just one one kick. You miscue a kick and it goes wide. Or you nail an unbelievable score. That can be the swing of momentum. And yeah. for Derry, I agree with Kieran Mina. I, I thought they did so much right yesterday. So, And, and you know what? I, I said this yesterday. I think they'd have massive regrets with how they lost to Galway in last year's all and semi-final that they didn't really fire a shot in that game. Mm. They, and they had Rogers fullback. Yeah, if they had him probably it, out the field it would have been a big it, difference. Maybe. It, it doesn't make it any easier for Derry today. They were going up there to win the game as, as he said it but I think they could be very proud and this is not being a bloody condescending or any way like that. It was an exceptional performance by them and they left it all out there. I mean they were body strewn <laughs> the, the last there was a very great photo of, of Chris McCaig and David Clifford in injury time the two boys are literally holding each other up down the other end of the pitch it was just a, such an intense game and Derry played a massive part in it and they'll just think oh, yeah, a couple of those moments if they go, go their way it could have been an unbelievable victory for them because it was there it was right it was right there. there for them yeah Mina's, Mina's interview when he goes it was there for the taking it was there for the taking all we had to do was grab it and they just missed the chances. But on Kerry, before you jump in there, Tom, on Kerry, right, I think their game management, and we've always come back to game management teams, I think Kerry's was poor in terms of when they went three up, right? Oh, Jesus. They, oh, on injury time. Yeah. yeah. Say, but like, don't give the, don't give Derry another chance. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just don't, don't, <laughs> gave them two them chances. Have, have another go. Chances. Have another go. They did. They did. And because Tony comes on and hits the post with a shot. And then he has another chance where I think he, the keeper just grabs it under the crossbar. And then Cliffy drops a pass a bit long and gives it back to Oren Lynch. So they invited Derry back onto them two or three times. And 
the ref at that stage can do he might give them a free or you know if you if you prick around like that and give the ball back to the team you're asking for trouble so that would be something that Kerry can definitely improve on yeah yeah that game management I have two things I want to pick up on here right um Derry and Monaghan and the credit they're going to get for their performances is one thing but both of these games hinged on two very short periods after the 68 minute Conor McManus makes a 12 apiece in 61 minutes. Cluxon kicks it out to McCaffrey. Leads to a brilliant Fenton score. The next 15 seconds after that is key. Um, and we'll come back to that later. How the dubs squeeze and they turn over O'Han. They win the free off O'Han and Mannion points. Suddenly the dubs stretch their gap to three points. Kerry, from the 65th minute, so 65-40, and we might come back to the refereeing decisions in a moment, from 65-40 to 69 minutes on the clock, Kerry kicked four points. They went from two points down to two points up. Are Kerry and Dublin timing it to save that squeeze for then? Or is it just taking your chance when it comes? I don't I don't think that Kerry timed a squeeze in that situation, but I think that the chances arose for Kerry and they were clinical and they were they were they were rootless, but you have to be. You like if they even if they had missed one of those chances it would have given Derry more life and it would have been a drain for Kerry. Like, every score in that situation is so important. Did you see Stephen O'Brien's reaction when he kicks that fantastic point off the left? Straight right? to Thomas Sullivan. He skips up. He does a double high five. He knows that was a massive moment that I've just provided there. Like, he he had euphoria going through his body at that stage, as did probably every Kerry player, because now we've we've clipped in front. If you if you change that and he, he clips the post and it goes wide, he goes, oh. And Derry go, yes, thank God, come on, we're back, what a, what a, we're left off the hook, let's go. Like those moments late in games are like 10 times more important. And th- to get those scores late in games are incredibly crucial. Yeah, and, and, so, I'd agree, Jimmy, from Dublin's perspective on Saturday night, and it was, it was just, you just get the sense, it's not a case if they're just saying, we're, we're not going to do this until the 64th minute. That's not how it works. It's just... They've been in that situation. This is where experience comes in, and the same on, on Kerry's side. You just get a sense that this is it. This is, it's all on the line at that point. And the energy you get, like I, I've spoke at length about, and it's clearly obvious how important kickouts are in modern Gaelic football. And Dublin are masters of it. It was such a cornerstone of, of our success going after opposing kickouts. And you just the whole stadium gets a sense there's something on here it's coming and and it, everyone just steps forward nearly subconsciously they, they step forward three or four yards and this is with begging and going on Saturday night and you get one steal and it's I couldn't agree with you more Jimmy it's <laughs> you find energy from you never knew you had it you think you're knackered you think you're out of the game and this is particularly in Crow Park, you know, a full house, the atmosphere, even though there was less than 50,000 in that semi-final yesterday, when Kerry were getting turnovers, the roar, the noise out of it, everyone sees that this is it. This is the game on the line right here. And it just gives you a boost. And, and I've been in, played in that situation and it's like, I'm, I'm ready for anything here. I'm ready to go. And it's thing, it's 70 minutes on the clock. But it's, and, and that for Dublin on Saturday night, it was that play. It was a brilliant score. Comer Costlow gets Dublin got a length of the pitch. It's McCarthy, Kilkenny. I can't remember the, the Monaghan player. Turn him over inside their own 13. Dizzy, Dizzy Ward. Dizzy Ward. And 10 seconds later, back up the pitch. An unbelievable score. And you're thinking, where's the energy coming from? But it's just, you get a sense as a team, a big play happens. 
and you make a count. And it's not a, oh, oh, we look at the clock, there's 64 minutes gone, now we're going to try even harder. It's just you look at each other and you know, this is it. And those two teams, Kerry and Dublin, have been in that situation so many times. And it was the same. Oran Lynch is looking up and he's got loads of short kickouts off. But in that couple of minutes, there's nothing on. Kerry are all over Derry and he has to go long. Yeah, and the boys are breaking it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's you know, over simple. The winning and losing the game. That is, but, this is the moment. And what we're going to see, we're going to see it. We're going to see it in two weeks' time. Both these teams are going to go for it. It's, I'm excited. I'm excited already. Very but excited. There, there were telling, big plays. There were big moments in both semi-finals. Began was flawless in that game, and it was telling that the Dubs turned him over three times until he wasn't. He was flawless Twice. until he wasn't. Exactly. Twice, two of those three were between the 61st and the 64th minute when the Dubs put the squeeze on. Same with Oren Lynch had an unbelievable influence on the game. Lost two kickouts in that key period. James, um, I actually have another he question. He loves his shot, Oren Lynch. He must have. Johnny's going down the left, and he cuts back on the right, and the whole stadium knows what he's going to do. He, he got, got blocked down about three times. Yeah. Last he kept trying it. You got a great score. A bounce over the bar is always great to see. Yeah, <laughs> mid ninety six. Mid ninety six. Yeah, yeah Colin Coyle. Yeah, Colin exactly. Coyle. Um, so blinds are down. Carry your point up. This is a horrible senior up. setting here, Tommy. It's, it's very it's, creepy. Like. 68-45 on the clock. Jack Barry breaks Lynch's kick out. It lands in David Clifford's hands. Oh, yes. And his hand pass goes astray. Can you just, just recreate that moment mm. in your sitting room? <laughs> wow. No, that, that was, that was a massive, body, massive body moment. That was a huge moment. Clifford gets it and... Whatever way, it just slips out of his hand. He gets a bad connection on the hand pass. And I, think the gets in the way. I think McQuillan gets in the way. But anyways, go on. Probably. Look, we'll give, we'll give Clifford the out, the ref. <laughs> it was Joe's <laughs> fault. Everything was Joe's fault. Joe's in, in his eye line there. <laughs> and, uh, but it falls to Roger. Of all fellas, don't give the ball to Rogers because he'll carry it 30 or 40 yards. And for Shawnee Shea at that stage to turn him over. Now, you could argue, was it a free or not? But the fact... Clifford put his hands on his head and Shawnee got in and he got that tackle in. He bailed his body out in that situation. He goes, I have you. I'm making that tackle. And they got the ball back. Lands into Clifford's hands. Clifford off he goes, taps it over, gets applauded for the score. When, like, I realistically, that was Shawnee Shea just doing unbelievable graft that he's actually, he's probably not getting the credit for. He's playing a role okay. because Clifford's who Clifford is and can do what he can do. He probably doesn't need to be chipping Okay. the... the as many scores he's he's doing a lot bigger job I would argue let's talk about this right because sitting there at half time Derry three points up Clifford is having another worldie right Clifford had a worldie against the Dubs in 2019 it wasn't enough he had an unbelievable game against Tyrone in 2021 it wasn't enough it felt like that again Paul Ganey hadn't got a shot off Shawnee O'Shea hadn't got a shot off. Paddy Clifford had kicked the point, but Conor McCluskey was having a massive influence. You were thinking, looking on, Kerry needed to do something different here, and those lads needed to stand up. Now, Shawnee O'Shea, whether what was it, James? Did, did Shawnee O'Shea wake up in the second half, or am I being unfair there? Or was the introduction of Stephen O'Brien, did that change something? I think that Shawnee is an unbelievable leader in that dressing room. I think he's probably the main kind of, in terms of leading by example through attitude, he's kind of like, um, I wouldn't go as far as saying it, James McCarthy, but you know, in terms of that style of leadership, like he wants to get the work in, he wants to work hard and tackle and do all the, the important things for his team. Like he wants to show that leadership. So I think at halftime, he probably did have 
a, f- a minute to himself and say, I need to up it. And he came out, got in those tackles, chipped three points in play. So I think he definitely, he definitely came out in the second half with a different attitude. Whether Stephen O'Brien, who Stephen is, or Shawnee is going out with Steve O's sister. Oh, here we go. So there's a family connection there. So they're definitely close. But even even having having that relationship on the same line of the field there, it might it might take a little bit of pressure off him in terms of Steve plays higher up the field, That's might need bad. a bit of marking rather than maybe more defensive half forward covering your space. But I think I, I, I the way that Shawnee sometimes is portrayed as as he's an out and out scorer or nothing else. And if he doesn't score those four points from play, he's not playing well. I think that that's not the case with him. Maybe when he was younger, that was. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think he's more of a more of a grafting, hardworking, free taking scorer, a team player. Do you know he has more strengths as bow than just the, the uh, point uh, kick. And what about the first half then with Shawnee O'Shea? Because Padre McGrogan was tasked to man mark him. McGrogan goes off after that unfortunate collision when Foley went to block him and, and go, takes his legs out. So McGrogan goes off. Connor Doherty is then on Shawnee O'Shea. So there's a second man in is on O'Shea. Derry reshuffled their defence. Okay, he sets up the goal for Gavin White. Ganey's involved in the goal as well. Like, is there not a criticism to be had there that the other carry forwards were too quiet when David Clifford was shooting the lights out? Yeah, th- 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 there probably is. I mean, look. It, were you worried? Kerry, were you Kerry worried? kicked 117 in the end, which is which is probably a target. They got to 20. They kicked their 117, right? But I would say that sometimes when one when one forward is absolutely shooting the lights out or is as influential as Clifford was the last day, so maybe it, it can creep into fellas to maybe take a really? back seat at times. Like you, you kind of have two Jimmy, options. Jimmy, that's a criticism I have of, of that carry attack. And I've said this before. When you have someone who's as genius as Clifford is, and he is unbelievable, it's nearly, and it's nearly subconsciously the players are just thinking, oh, he, he's got this. He's all right. But, but there's no two ways about it. Sean O'Shea was not impacting that game. Conor Dart, he was doing a brilliant job on him. Uh, McCluskey, okay, Paddy Clifford gets the point on his left foot, but Conor McCluskey was winning that battle as well. And I the agree. same with Ganey, okay, he, a couple of nice moves, but he like he's corner forward. He's Ganey's a shooter. Like he was not impacting the game, and and the big turnaround. I thought Stephen O'Brien was massive in the impact he brought. It was the intensity he played at. He gets a diving block. He gets a turnover. It was just an energy in his play. And what Stephen O'Brien brings is, like we said, guys coming off the bench, you need pace. Make just go at them. Make an impact. Make those defenders uncomfortable. And that's what Stephen O'Brien does. He's a bad miss before he gets that brilliant score towards the end. But he was nearly like a spark that lit the flame in that, that carry attack. And all of a sudden they're being asked more questions. They're getting a little bit more tired. And then Sean he starts standing up and he kicks three points from play. He even misses a free, which it's good it's a fifty yard free. But for him, you think that's he hits the post with it. But he just he starts impacting the game more and it takes the burden off Clifford. And that's the danger for Kerry going into two weeks' time. You can nearly guarantee Clifford's going to score six or seven points from play, no matter what Dublin do. He's, he's like we said, so I've don't never seen anyone like this guy. But for them to win the whole thing, they need more from that forward unit. And the call, does Jacko, does Jacko go, mm, we'll go with Stephen O'Brien from the start? Or do you say he's got that energy off the bench? There's big calls there to be made, but I think there's so many times I've seen Kerry, not just this season, but previous years, where Clifford is going gangbusters and there's a sense that the guys are really just standing back waiting for him. And, and I got Kerry, that. Kerry, Kerry need more than that. Kerry need more than that against Dublin this one. 
I got that sense, but I, I'd be. Does that like? Does that really happen? Like, does that does is it is it like Patty? Has it ever happened to you when say Connolly is shooting the lights out or Brogan shooting the lights out that you're like, we just have to give the guy that given this, we need to get the ball to him. Like, is that well, what happened? I, I agree with getting the ball to someone. Like, you you see someone who's hurt, you target that, you try and milk that as much as you can. But Kerry weren't even doing that. It wasn't the guys weren't impacting the game at all. I, I don't care if Sean O'Shea is providing four or five assists, assists to Clifford and he's linking the play. He wasn't really in the game at all. Yeah. So so it's a, it's a case of and this is the point to made with Clifford in the Tyrone match even though he had a bad day in front of the post he was still getting on so many possessions and, and causing havoc in the, in the Tyrone attack whereas I don't think Paddy Clifford or Gini or Sean O'Shea were doing that in the first half at all so it's not all about scores I agree but you can predict for Sean O'Shea is playing further out the pitch but it's, he wasn't getting on the ball at all you, you know and that that's a problem yeah like like Derry Kerry kicked 1-8 in the first half right with, with little ball Derry dominated the first half. Derry were outstanding, and Kerry they they managed to kick one eight, which is which is excellent kicking well, at the same Cl- time. Cl- Cl- Cliff managed to do it. Cliff, Clifford managed to do it. Do you know what what the best score was for me? Go on. It was his second point when so Party Party does an outside left down the line with down the line the Cusack, yeah. I'd say, and Clifford collects it at pace in in just as it bounces in a tumble. Oh, takes magic. a standing solo, so moves good. on to the left and slots it over. And McCaig must have been like this freak. It was you know, I saw that. It wow. was so fucking good. Honestly, it was one. It was just <laughs> such a good score. I actually retweeted the thing. Um, it was very funny. The, uh, do you know when your woman's kicked off the off the plane? What? Uh, for going? Yeah, about a week ago, two weeks ago. She, <laughs> she goes. Uh, I don't care about you, but that motherfucker is not real. Did you want to see that video? No. It says the Costa Clifford standing there. Uh, you've seen that video of your one being kicked off the plane. I'll put it up. I'll put it up. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I muted it, you once the game was but over. He was, uh, no, I, th- I thought that was just a phenomenal score because the collection was enough. Even if he gathered that and dished it off, you go, whoa, that was class. No, dished it like, off and swung it over. Phenomenal. So good. Like, we we so talk good. about his, his solo dummies and his bounce dummies, but he, he hops... He dummies with a. He just bounces in the air and just like he stands him up. It's just yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, but but the key just on that as well because that was a brilliant score and then McGuigan does not something similar. But we we said we teed up the two lads to be top of the pops yesterday um, after by their standards relatively quiet quarter finals. I think we seen that Shane McGuigan was exceptional in that first half on Jason Foley. You mentioned his first point, Jimmy, over. Uh, towards the Cusick stand side on his left mm, foot but he, he, gets a, he gets a hand pass to score after this and it's out actually towards the Hogan stand side and he just squares up Foley straight away and just goes at him it's like there's no he's not going on the loop he's not he's just so direct and he, he nearly just it, it takes Foley by surprise he's by him so quickly and, it, and Clifford's the same it's like the minute the second he has the ball in his hands he's just turning and facing you up straight away he's not giving you a moment's peace and we see so many forwards and all to be guilty of this. You're coming around on the loop and the, the defenders kind of come, you're giving them time to get set. But I thought at stages, Clifford and McGuigan yesterday, it was like the second they had it, they were going at you straight away. And, and the two boys struggled, Foley and McCaig, and they're two of the best in the business at it. But um, I just thought it was brilliant. that, that They were two key, we teed it up, battles. It was, it was brilliant to see 
guys at the top, top, top of the game doing that in such a big game. But yeah, I agree. I think that the, the score today, that, that Clifford one down the line was. It was but you know, you say that about, about standing a fellow up, I and mean, that's very interesting. It's like a basketball thing. Do you know, if you, if you can stand the defender up and they're looking at you with their two legs planted, they're they're in serious trouble because if you, they can't then turn fast enough when you go one way it's only when a defender's in a staggered stance that he can kind of defend you taking them on as soon as as soon as they flatten up and Clifford's unbelievably getting the defender flat McGuigan did it as well on Foley but they're, they're by you and, and Clifford doesn't even need to have balance to, to swing the points neither does McGuigan they're just swinging points off balance yeah it's absolutely just well, I think we should touch on the refereeing decisions yeah. just because yeah. I think it, it was are you going to the umpires as well or just the ref today <laughs> I'm not going after the ref at all I never do I never I don't even know the referees names there's only one ref oh, I know and that's God. only from taking the mick that's only from taking the piss honestly I don't even know the local referees they, they never my, affect the I struggle to believe that but carry on <laughs> John McQuillan was a referee what a John Cavan man I believe is he he does have a certain nickname Dublin Joe. No, the problem. Come on, this is blasphemy. Carry on. No, I'm not saying there was a problem, but I do know on, from the Twitter chat that it was it was brought up that maybe the ref did favour carrying some decisions, like okay. the or okay. say that McGuigan was targeted. The first okay, result, let's, get, let's, get, let's, get, targeted. let's get into that right because I saw this a couple of times. Um, former colleague of mine, Ronan Mullen, at Ronan Reigns on Twitter. If an Ulster team targeted a player. Like Kerry have with McGuigan today, there would be a prime time investigation. No. Now, I was watching on TV. James was watching on TV. Paddy, did we miss? Did we miss something? Like, was that not no. just opposition's best player getting a bit of? Uh, not even. I didn't even feel the no. treatment there. He no. went man on man Foley. McGuigan gets involved in everything. He's going for every ball. He's there when Shane. Okay, Shane Ryan's, Shane Ryan's hip. I think was a foul, but it was an accidental collision. Ooh, David Clifford. I've a I've a take on that. Okay, that's good. I, I I agree. I agree. At, at the time, you're looking at it. Shane, it's, it's a kind of ropey pass, and you know you're you're going in for it. And McGuigan has to kind of stop. Shane Ryan is all the momentum coming in. There's a replay of it, and you've seen this. Um, Shane Ryan is kind of looking at him, and he throws the arse out. <laughs> he does. And at the time, I was thinking, no way, that's legit. I think that was questionable. I have to I say, looking at the replay, and look, Joe doesn't have the replay. That's fair enough. The other one I thought was soft was Stephen O'Brien's one. Where, and I think it's such a big play. He's kind of nearly fallen, and it's, he's not, not diving or anything like that, but he's kind of, he's falling as it's going through. There he get the block, and they're coming out with the ball, and it's, it's in that period of this. So the game is on the line, and if you're Derry, yeah, you are definitely looking at that going, mm. but then on the other side, and again, I got this one wrong at the time, Clifford's hit on McGuigan looked bad at the time. And Clifford's a big man. And McGuigan, that's not a target of McGuigan. He's just coming around at pace and Clifford is there. It's yeah. actually shoulder to shoulder. It's a massive hit. And Clifford gets booked. There you get a score off that free. So there's a couple of plays. But let's, this is in defence of refs. And I'm not normally uh, on, on that side of things. But I, I would have agreed with those calls at the time. But then we've looked at two or three replays of it yeah, yeah. at the time. So... I don't like going in and saying the ref or Kerry were targeting McGuigan. Get out of it. Don't be annoyed. I don't think Kerry were targeting McGuigan. I didn't think that. But like, it's, it's, for the, for the McGuigan one, Stam, 
Yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. Go on. Continue. No, but like David, David Clifford gets targeted by the best man marker in the country in Christy McCaig. I'm sure Christy McCaig had the pause on Clifford from what <laughs> he, he did. He was doing that thriller <laughs> marking again. With uh, the we were watching it and it was phenomenal stuff. The ref actually gives one against Clifford in the first half. And I was like, how is he giving that? The boys yeah. were bear hugging each other for the whole thing. You'd have loved it, Jimmy. If you're it's there. the you only way um, But that's, that's but the McGuigan. The McGuigan thing, right? Shane Ryan score on McGuigan. What, what's your take on it? Both of you. Do not agree? My take at the time, I, I, I flip-flopped on this, to be fair. So it must be so hard to be a ref. Jesus, he throws the arse out, Jimmy. There's no doubt he does he throw the arse out. But yeah. uh, can you throw the arse out? If you throw a Lego, mm, I'd say, oh, you can't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you throw the arse out, though? The arse this is, is fairly soft. Hold on a second. Shane uh, Ryan, <laughs> the, the arse is not soft. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Jay My arse is rock hard, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> With your bike ski roll, bike roll ski. Uh, <laughs> Squats, baby. It's, it's this simple, all right? Um, head high challenges, like. He nails him in the feckin' headlock. And I know, I don't... a challenge because he has the ball is the argument. Again, I'm 50-50 on this. He, he catches the ball, the ball so he's in control of it. He wins the ball in the air and he moves towards McGuigan. He moves towards McGuigan. Like, it's not, you're no longer protecting yourself. Like, you can put your knee up in the air, whatever you want. But, like, he, he makes kind of... I don't think it was a yellow card. I don't think anything like that. But I think it's a free. And it's an unbelievable score from Ryan. It's a brilliant score. Was yeah, it was, that, that, that could have been... It could have, 50-50, I would say, but a hard call to give. But the other McGuigan ones, can I just come in there? Over, because yeah. I know they did say that McGuigan was going to... Or was be targeted. Of course he would be, because he's a phenomenal player. Target, hammer to hammer is the term. Get it, get at McGuigan. He's brilliant. But the, the Jack Barry one where he was booked... That was soft. Well, it was a hand to the face, like. It was a hand to the belly, was it? There was no face. It was a loose hand, anyway. A loose hand, exactly. Like a soft arse. <laughs> Same thing, that, right? Soft arse. So, and then the Clifford, arse, one, no, the Clifford one was a good hit. Okay. So now we're only down to one. Is it just the Shane Ryan one? Was that the only other probably, incident? No, Stephen O'Brien getting that free was soft. No, but I mean in terms of McGuigan getting attention. I think that was the only oh, one. I agree the Stephen O'Brien free was, was I, I wouldn't have given a free for that straight out. I, I thought that was very soft. And you wouldn't have given a free to David Clifford when he burns McCaig and turns back and gives the ball back to Burns and Burns puts it wide. The next, the next free. Very 50-50, not 70-30 against for me. I'd, I'd probably wouldn't have given a free there either. But Kerry would have got the score. Burns would have chipped it over there. He didn't. He put it wide. Did I he watched it back. I watched it back. He put it bloody wide. I think it was over the black spot. If I was there, they'd rather have Michal Burns shooting than the cliff. Put it that way. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do have a thing where I, when someone gets a free that close to goal, because it's a guaranteed score, I think it needs to be obvious, like so obvious. Like you can't give a soft free there because it's a tap over point. Yeah. You know, it's a big punishment to give a debatable free. Okay. You have to be certain. Okay. All right. So look, next Monday on the Kerry got, few, Kerry got that one last year in the final, John Daly. Terrible what was point. that? Was that overcarrying or was this after? It was overcarrying. Them off. It was overcarrying. So Kerry have previous in all Ireland finals are getting cheap for easily. Oh, it started already. <laughs> well, no idea. Who's going to ref the fight, lads? That, 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 it's going to be Goff. The best in the business. David is Goff. It Goff? I think her, it's not Hurston that. Is Hurston not deemed the best ref, no? You don't get... Hurston's brilliant. You don't get... Hurston uh, had two dodgy calls on the Saturday as well. You don't get a... So Goff didn't do either semi, so Goff's yeah. not. That's my reading of it anyway. I think Conor Lane a couple of years ago did a semi-final and a replay. But I don't think you're down... I don't think you'll get a, a final if you've done a semi-final. I'd like Goff because Goff owes us one. Oh, look at this. 
This is pressurised nerve. Jose Mourinho's after coming on here. Like, get out. <laughs> Jose O'Donoghue. Um, Are we going to talk about the dubs at all now or we just keep talking? I think, no, I think, I think we're going to take nah. a break. I think we're going to take a break now and come back to talk about the titans of Leinster. Uh, before we take a break, T, can I just say something? This is on a more serious note. Uh, yes, I put out a tweet about it. There's a very good friend of mine, an old clubmate of mine, is undertaking a cycle from the Laura Lynn Foundation, the hospice there, uh, place in Leopardstown down to Mallow in County Cork. It's three three weekends from now, uh, the 11th and 12th of August, um, and it's to raise funds for the new service centre in Mallow for... Okay for the Laurel Lynn Foundation. So an unbelievable charity, very difficult thing for, for families if anyone ever has to uh, to deal with that. And, and, and this old teammate of mine, it's a charity very close to his own heart and his wife Amy. So it's an unbelievable cause um, and any support would be massively appreciated. I'll put up a, a, a link and I'm sure we will with the football pod as well and we'll mention it for the next couple of weeks. So any support for an unbelievable charity um, and given that it get a dig out will be greatly appreciated. I know we've loads of listeners on, on this show and anyone at the road show can give us a dig out. Be much appreciated. So just wanted to get that in there before we get into more nonsense after the break. Hundred percent Paddy. So that's if uh I'll certainly tweet it from the football pod page and put it up on Instagram. but if you search for the Gift of Grace fundraiser, it'll come up as well. So uh that's on August eleventh. So um yeah, perfect. Okay, so we'll we'll put that out as well and and a, and a great cause. We are going to come back after the break on episode 31 of the Football Pod, season three with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue talking about Dublin Monaghan and how close Monaghan pushed Dublin and also the Talchin Cup final. Next week on the pod, we'll be looking a little closer at Dublin and Kerry. Should be a pretty decent All-Ireland final. And we'll also be building up to our roadshow. We'll be announcing our special guests later this week. So stay tuned to the Football Pod social media pages. The Football Pod is brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We're going to be back right after this, talking Dublin Monaghan. Hello there and you're very welcome back to episode 31 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. We have spoken in depth about Derry Kerry. Dublin Monaghan. Conor McManus kicks the equaliser in the 68 minute, James. How were you feeling at that stage? Did you think Monaghan could go on and do it I I did certainly think that I th- it was 100% in up in the air I did because I was expecting Dublin's third quarter to come out and do the job and Monaghan were able to kind of keep that tide down and stop it from coming and they had a grip on the game they didn't nothing suggested at that stage that Dublin were going to finish the way they did and it was so bloody impressive the way Dublin did finish. But at that stage, I thought with McCarron on the field, with the field, there was another three or four points in Manhattan. Do you know, I just thought that they, that they they could have done something. But as we said about the last game, those big plays in the big minutes of big matches are so key. And Dublin just just won them. Like you, like the thing that you shared, Tommy, about those those few minutes where Dublin just won those, and it won the game for them. But I must say, I Monaghan, and they were so good. They did everything right. Matched up, went out, chest out. We're going to match Dublin here. Everything we wanted from them. They didn't sit back and absorb pressure and try and hit them on the contract. They went man for man at it. Kicking the ball, kicking great scores, taking on their men. I thought it was a brilliant display. But in the end, Dublin's experience, Dublin's bench, Dublin's know-how, Dublin's class just showed. Paddy, I have a very straightforward question for you. 
would that Monaghan performance yesterday have been enough to beat the Dublin side of 2021 in the All-Ireland semi-final? Ooh. Good question, T. Um, the possibly, game that Mayo won. The game that Mayo yeah. won, yeah. Possibly. I, like, I, I think Dublin, this is, I think they're a better team than they were in 2021. You, you look at the, the criticism of Dublin after that game and then last year's loss to Kerry as well. They felt that there was that lack of depth. They weren't getting that impact off the bench. We spoke at length about this uh, over numerous episodes of this podcast. And I think there there is an impact off the bench now. That's the, the beauty of having McCaffrey back. The big call is is the Kieran Kilkenny situation. <laughs> if you're... I I think from Dublin, he has to start the All-Ireland final. Like you, He's not himself though, is he? That's something. Is I it, don't know. I think, do you mean, like, do, if you put it this way, would Kerry want him starting or not starting? No, Jack O'Connor Jack O'Connor does not want him starting and look there was Bugler's injuries kind of opened up a slot there obviously any word is that, is that I, don't, like, I don't know because if you look at how teams are getting at Kerry with that really direct run and we've seen Paul Cassidy we, we spoke about this last week in advance of the game saying we needed him on the front foot to try and challenge that he's kicks two points in the first half Bugler brings that pace and directness from the half forward line uh, Basquiat had a bit of an off day yeah, uh, on Saturday evening that can happen but his style of play his attributes you feel would cause Kerry trouble like there's no 100%. If, if you're Jack O'Connor and you're looking going hmm, what was causing us issues yesterday in that first half it was Derry's running power you look at the game against Mayo two months ago in Fitzgerald Stadium they were overwhelmed with runners and if you're Dublin you're thinking they're, I, I think Dublin will kick the ball a lot more it won't be I think Derry were just totally running the ball but there is an avenue there where you feel Kerry are under pressure and the likes of Pascal and if Bugler's available McCaffrey I think we, we've said this more than likely he is going to be off the bench and, and he's a brilliant player to have if there's one type of player you want off the bench it's him coming on with, with 25 or 30 minutes to go but Kilkenny I would imagine I just surely surely he'll start I would have talked. Scully, Scully, Scully won't start. Like Scully, I felt sorry for Scully the last day when he got the black. He got, the black. He got the black right, which fair yeah. enough. He got the black, which was probably a sign of maybe your concentration is off in a way or something. Ah, something yeah. maybe you can is read it? into the black card. You kind of stick out your hand lazily. You go, oh. the, it's the ultimate punishment. Then black card, you're gone for ten minutes. Team not fourteen, but they took him off. Then uh, he he comes back on for about thirty seconds, and then they take him take him off. It was like I'm going to put you well, on here to bring you back off again. I almost thought it was like like a statement or something by by Dizzy. Yeah. Well, Do you reckon there was any point that Paddy? It was an odd one to just to come back on and then come back off and be frustrated. But that's that like Dublin were just a little bit off all over the pitch in that first half. There was just I, a little I, bit I of that. sloppiness. And you know what, Tommy? Maybe and, and I mentioned this last week on the pod. I was interested to see how Dublin and Kerry would perform in these games when they both had their standout performances of the season in their quarterfinals. And from being experience of playing for Dublin against Mayo, that is a game which you need no motivation for. You are up because you don't really like Mayo. That's the reality. There's an intensity in your play. You are ready to... You have energy. It's all action. And the exact same with Kerry against Tyrone. Kerry don't like Tyrone. You could see it in the first two minutes of that match. There's a turnover and they're in their faces. So it was easy for Kerry and Dublin to be really up for those quarterfinal performances. They were being written off. They were being questioned. And they're playing their biggest rivals. And they both had statement wins. 
flip, flip that two weeks later, they're going to the semi-finals where they're both red-hot favourites. And I think there's inevitably going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Um, and, and the big thing is that Monaghan and Derry came to play as well. So, so that was, you got the sense of that. But, and I suppose the other thing for Dublin as well is the conditions were really difficult, which is, we mentioned at the start of this pod, Crow Park is hard when it's monsoon weather, it's slippy. If your skill set is just a little bit off or you're not as focused as you should be, you can get dragged into something and Monaghan were absolutely there to take advantage of it. So I think the Scully thing was merely a, a, a epitomised Dublin just being a little bit off from where they needed to be and Monaghan were taking full advantage. Um, you, uh, you very adequately avoided answering my question. Go on. What? Would Monaghan's performance yesterday have been enough to beat the Dublin side? I didn't know I said that. I said, you said, a, I said it's a hard one to call, but... <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said I'm not answering that question, Tom. Nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, okay, Monaghan would have beaten him in 2021. But what, the point I'm getting at is that's when we saw uh, and Tim McCaffrey for that kick-out straight after McManus's equaliser. Kilkenny slips it to Fenton and he kicks that point. Who is calling the score that was. It's It's Mannion with Con who forces Began into that hand pass. Over and all oh. you shams questioning why the lads came back. And it's Jimmy, I want to pull up the tweet, put it up Hang this on. week, Tommy. Jimmy calling it desperation that the dubs are going back to Cluxton. Cluxton hasn't conceded a goal in the championship for about 18 years at this stage. There hasn't been a shot He's, on him yet. No, well, it's, this is that defence that Jimmy keeps giving out about the Dublin full back line. And there's another clean sheet. Unbelievable players make unbelievable plays. So, yeah, so having Cluxton and McCaffrey and Mannion back there, yeah, it's massive. And, and the big thing for Dublin, and I backed them all year to win this year's All-Ireland, and I'm backing them for the final as well, even though it's going to be down the line. Look at who is standing out for this Dublin team. It's McCarthy. It's Fitzsimons, even in his battle with, with McManus. It's the big, the experienced players. And you just get the sense with Dublin, this is, they kind of know there's not much more of this left. And there's just a sense that this is this may this might be it. And we don't know. And I, I don't know, inside track, I don't talk to the boys in the military championship, that's fine. But you just get a sense that this is they understand where they're at as a team what? and in their careers. And those boys are making massive plays. And it was the same the other night. Look who was big down the stretch, and it was those yeah, experienced guys. And and you're asking you know, the Dublin plan this, the 64th or 65th minute they do, those guys just know when it's happening. And, yeah. and, and to be fair, on the same side with Kerry, when Kerry were in the shit against Derry, it was the big guys that were doing the business. And Sean, you said it, Jimmy, Sean O'Shea's play, making big plays at big times. That's what yeah, that's unbelievable what players do. Player is that that's what player. it is. That's what it is. And that's yeah. what the beauty of having Cluxton back, McCaffrey, Mannion, these guys. And that's why, that's why I think, and I know this, that's why Kilkenny is a massive player for Dublin. Get that guy on the pitch. Like I said, put yourself in O'Connor's shoes. They don't want to see Kieran Kilkenny out there. I do. No. No, last year he was he was tormentor in chief. Exceptional like, second half. He's, he, Jack O'Connor went onto the field and nearly gave him a hug. Like, <laughs> I thought he was trying to sign him. Yeah, I see. You want to come the I can get you a job in the bank there. There's a Renault player in a field. Do you know who I want to call out from, from Dublin point of view? And it, two massive players in the game. Hey, you said just before, you got to do anything with Cluxton there now. You're happy to stand by it was desperation to bring Cluxton back. That's just a quote. Well, he, he almost dropped the ball into the goal. Hang Don't on. Oh, I'm, just I am around the corner. Just <laughs> around the corner. Cluxton, best goalkeeper of all time. 
Thank you. Call they me. had two goalies. That's I mean, thought it was that. it was like not credit with Chris you unbelievable, and he's he's had an unbelievable year. It was the right decision. Thank you. In hindsight, so anyway, what was the point you were making, Jimmy? Go on. The point I was making was McInnesby's goal chance, Fitzsimons defending for that was unbelievable. Go on. Because McInnesby has it. He's he's kind of hopping soloing. He wants to dish it to his right toe Hanlon. That's his first choice. But Fitzsimons gives enough marking to O'Hanlon to, to make McInnesby go on his own. And by the time McInnesby decides to go on his own, Fitzsimons is on his boot blocking it. I just thought it was phenomenal defending. Just make him go himself and then block him was outstanding. And then for his intervention on McManus, for when McManus kind of ushers him out the way and Fitzsimons is the wrong side, gets back and blocks him down. That was great defending as well. I just thought they were two great, also, two big moments. Did I miss you say that he blocked Bannigan as well for point? Yeah, he end, did. Full yeah, end he block did. for that as well. But Diamonds had an, an, an awesome uh, first half, in particular, Paddy, in that battle with McManus. Um, he's probably going to be marking Clifford in the other in the final. Yeah, I would imagine. Like he's he's still Dublin's main man, and that's the reality of it. He, he was exceptional the other night again. Brilliant battle with McManus. I still think McInnesby should pass that. And again, it comes to looking at the replay. Yeah, he should, he should, he should. You're still thinking, slip that. Even that, but, but you're right, Fitzy just makes him make a decision. And it's nearly the same we were talking about with Shane Ryan and McKinless earlier. Yeah. He's just waiting. That's not by chance what's happened there. He's waiting for it. And then you're ready to pounce. And Fitzy, look, what? He's been doing it for how long? Fitzy was marking the Gooch in 2011. And that, that first All-Ireland win. What an unbelievable... What an unbelievable career and player and, and then talk about leaders in the dressing room and just he's massive and yeah you're looking at it it probably will be and there's a case we were actually chatting about this yesterday in Crow Park like are you nearly better off just putting nearly your worst marker on Clifford and <laughs> just nearly right and he's like he's as close to unstoppable as I've seen in terms of, of, of scoring but Fitzy will be, I would imagine, will be tasked with, with, with picking up Clifford, but you're going to need a dig out from ball going in, try and cut that off, try and stop him getting kick passes, try and get bodies around him. Um, that's the challenge Dublin are going to face, but um, it's just back to that point again of who were the big players at the big moments for Dublin on Saturday night. Even when they weren't going well, and they weren't, it was it was those guys. and It was Fenton. I, I, I thought Fenton. Fenton. Fenton, his last two games, I thought he's really gone up a notch. Getting back to the... Rolls Royce midfielder that he is, and that's that's a massive, massive area. And we'll get into this when we're previewing the game next week. But Fenton and McCarthy are playing some serious stuff. And McCarthy, McCarthy's nearly on for player of the year at this stage, the way he's going. If he's a big final, and that's a platform for Dublin, one for them to attack and try and get kickouts. Now, Shane Ryan has always been excellent against Dublin on kickouts. To be fair to him, he is. We've, struck, we've gone after him and he's got them off. He's been brilliant before, but that's an area Dublin are going to try and target. And not only can they get Dublin on the front foot, if they win that middle third, it stops some of the ball going into Clifford, which is going to be... You can oversimplify this game, but if Clifford is kept away from the ball for as long as possible, that's that could be the win in the game for Dublin there. But, um, the game is going to be wide open as well. Like. It's going to be so yeah. different. To, like We haven't it's seen the game like this all year. It's going to be... It's going to be yeah. less tactical. It'll actually just be like this, the, yeah. the semi-final last year. Both teams are going to go for it. Like Dublin will fancy themselves to beat Kerry and Kerry will fancy themselves to beat Dublin. There's going to be no... Both teams will play on the front foot. 
Um, and there's those incredible matchups. The teams know each other so well as well. Um, but but no more so, you could say this for any game, but for if Dublin are going to win this thing, it'll be on the back of Cluxton, Fitzsimons, McCarthy, Fenton, and I think Kilkenny and Con. Those guys, the real leaders, you need them in the biggest games and, and this is as big as it gets. And you've seen, I'm more confident with the form they've shown, even though they weren't great in loads of different stages throughout the season, but the way they're winning the games and the plays they're making just shows they're... The boys know exactly where they're at with this, and it's you get the sense this this might be the last time we're seeing a few of these guys. So that brings a pressure with things as well. But but Jesus Christ, they're delivering in big moments for Dublin over the last couple of weekends. I've heard it be said that there's echoes of the Chicago's Bulls season in '97, '98, and the Last Dance about this Dublin collection of players coming back. There's one problem though: Michael Jordan plays the opposition. Oh, you, how long did it take you to tee this one up, T? Uh, <laughs> you were rehearsing. I see, I was writing her own there for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> plus, plus, Kerry won it last year, so. Yeah. So, uh, so they, they can't be going. They both won for three in a row. But, but how big a win, and we said this at the time last year, was that for those Kerry guys to actually win a game over Dublin? Because it's been over it'd be 10 Monument. years that they've won. And for them to win it, and you see the reaction after the semi final, it was. Like a weight off their shoulders as well, so it gives Kerry that belief going in, and that's the point they're making. It's not as Kerry won't fear this challenge, obviously not. They all are the champions, but the fact that they've beaten this Dublin team as well, that's yeah. a like. There's a belief in, in inside you know that they can do it, but but it's the exact same on the Dublin side, and yeah. that defeat for Dublin against Kerry last year, and the hurt from that, and losing to, to Mayo the previous year as well. The dubs know that they're way better. The dubs know that that wasn't their full hand last year. That's the thing. But you can also say that Kerry could have blown them away in the first half last year. And they were, they were in the first half. Like Sean O'Shea missed yeah. the penalty and it was like we were watching it together and I was having a stroke. I was thinking this is going to be bad stuff. Um, but there was no there was no Cluxton. There was no Khan. There was no Mannion. There was no McCaffrey. That's what there we're was saying. No, that's what like we're saying. Was, someone else missing as well, yeah. But, but it's also Dubs to lose, Les. Dubs to lose. Warfare in this pod over the next two weeks. Okay, I have a couple of things I want to get into uh, before we get to the real deal, which is Mead's Talch and Cup success this week. Oh, and of course. Um, we've, we went kind of, we did, we did a fairly uh, strong segment there on the Kerry forwards, apart from David Clifford, who, who didn't stand up in that first half. In a way, you know, there was a bit of back and forth there. On the Dubs, Cormac Costello, Carry the torch in that first half. Khan comes into it in the second half. Collie Baskell doesn't score and gets taken off. Scully is taken off. Kilkenny comes in. Paddy Small kicks a great point and probably does a lot of work. Mannion kicks that brilliant free. But like, are the dubs forward line clicking? No, they haven't been at their best. They haven't been. That's that's obvious. But I think that's the beauty of what's what's happened. There's a positive way you can spin this as well that Pascal, who was the match winner really against Mayo, has an off day, but it's Costello who stands up and delivers a masterful performance against get man of the match. And this is the, if you're Desi Farrell, you were looking at this in a positive way. That, I said this before, that the issue that Dublin had, it was, if it's Conor Kilkenny. It's, we need them to do it. And, and everyone else was nearly deferential towards them. Whereas now other guys are taking ownership of this thing. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, would you rather have a Clifford who's a 10 out of 10 every single week yeah every team in the country would like that but you get the sense I think Khan I think Khan will have a massive final I think he's 
he's been he's been going okay. He's been having big moments and games. He's having a good year, lads. I, no, and he is, Tommy. And this is the point. It's like because his standards are so high, you're thinking. And John Malloy was asking me this yesterday as well. We're waiting for Khan. I was going, hold on, Khan is playing pretty well. To be fair to him, it probably hasn't reached the absolute pinnacle of his form, but there's. He's showing moments and he's making plays at big times that it's it's there. It, there's there's a he's right on the cusp of it. I think Mannion over the last couple of weekends has had big moments as well. He was probably struggling a little bit earlier on the championship as he wasn't in the starting team. Um, I think Pascal's skill set is good against the, the way Kerry are going to set up, and then Costello's couldn't be more confident after getting man of the match in the semi final. Then you have the option of going to be play Kilkenny or not. Bugler, I think, is we, we don't know. I mean, the re- reality is we're not going to know the starting line until 15 minutes before the throw. Like the team Dublin name, the team carry name, it's got to change. So, but there's more variety in the attack, but they haven't really. There's there's a couple of minutes, you know, in, in games we've seen the second half against Mayo, the, the final final ten against Monaghan where it is clicking. But if there's a game, and it's in two weeks' time where they they click for a half and you get 30 minutes of that, or for the whole thing. I think that is a massive plus for Dublin. It's just bubbling under the surface, but now's the time to do it. And that's generally when the biggest players come out of it is on the biggest stage. And we've seen it with Shane Walsh and last year's all Ireland final. We're waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him. And there's a man who delivered performance for the ages in the final. As a Dublin fan, Jesus, it'd be magic to see Khan or Kilkenny or someone like do that in the final. And that could be the winning and losing of it as well. But I think Desi yeah. will look at this in a positive light that the burden is being shared around the team and if one guy is off well another guy shows ownership and takes up and it's not just the traditional guys doing it it's other guys coming in and saying I'm going to do this I'm going to try and win us this game James what's your reading of the Dublin forwards are you well, worried there's, are you there's worried there's two ways of reading worried for, uh, as a Kerry supporter like in terms of what you've seen over the last couple of weeks well, there's two ways of reading. You can read them from the Dublin forwards from the Monaghan game, or you could read them as proposed opponents for Kerry. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be two completely different scenarios, two completely different games, two different ways of playing football. I would like to see, from a Kerry point of view, Basquiat not play. I think that he is. He is very, very dangerous. I think he had a bad day against Monaghan because the systems just didn't kind of suit him necessarily. He got caught dragged, got dragged back the field. But if you have to mark Khan and Costello first, and you arguably have your third <coughs> best cornerback marking wise on Basquiat, I think Basquiat can cause you a lot of damage. I, last year when Kerry played Dublin, Rock started and Rock. Didn't he didn't probably have the legs from the start of the game? They didn't have that many options, and then when Paddy Small came on, he did a bit of damage. But Basquiat with those legs from the start, he'll like, have a big day I, against Kerry if they start him. Are you thinking that Paul Murphy ends up on Basquiat, or is Graham Sullivan more of a like we'll do matchups next week? I, is Graham yeah, more? Yeah, I, I don't know. No, Paul wouldn't go full back line. No. Paul would be half back line only, so it would be it would be a full back line player to pick him up. But he would have to be on his game because Basquiat can turn on a sixpence yeah. and put. Let's say let's save our matchups. So let's save our matchups for next week. Yeah. Yeah. But then okay. from the half forward, and I again as a Kerry point of view, I I didn't think that that um, Kilkenny looked 100% fit again the last day for some reason I don't know what it is he, for someone who's usually so kind of springy across the ground he just looks to be um, it's like he's carrying a bit of a knock or something I don't know what it is but hopefully 
he's okay for the final. And if he is, I mean, he has to start. He's Dublin's go-to man. Where would you play him? Ten. You'd still leave Bugler eleven, and you'd be looking at filling in the twelve slot. Again, I, I from my point of view, if I was Dublin manager, I'd be putting as many scores on the field as possible because I need marking. Do you know? And eventually, you're going to run out of markers. There's going to be scores left on the field. And what if you were the Kerry manager? I think Kerry will be the same. Uh, they, well, yeah. These two teams play the same way. And that's the thing. They, yeah. They're both fancy it. Like. They're both fancy it. Like, Dublin are going to go after this game. That's the way that we are. That's the way we play. We're, we'll back ourselves to beat anyone. And but Kerry are the exact same. I think Kerry, Jack Hart's Adrian Spillane. Well, I, he probably will because he started them all along. And as well, if you're Stephen O'Brien, you've just played off the bench a stormer. You're confident in that role. You know you can come on and do that role again for half an hour or a full half. Whereas if you put him into a starting role, is he kind of worried? Do I have enough from the start? Have I enough done? From a management point of view, I was shocked that Jack didn't start Stephen O'Brien against Lowe. Okay. Because yeah, you had a chance. Challenge. Yeah. yeah. Get, get an hour into his legs. Give him the confidence I can do an hour. Whereas now he hasn't played an hour. He's only played a half. Yeah. For the final, you kind of stick with what you got. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, we, we're going to get stuck into these matchups next week. They're going to be fascinating. But just to mention the Dublin bench, Kilkenny on in 28 minutes, McCaffrey in 43, and he had a massive influence. Lorcan O'Dell got on quite a bit of ball in the last few minutes. Dean Rock scores his 1-1, and Tom Lehiff came in as well. For Kerry, Stephen O'Brien, game changer when he came in. Tony Brosnan, Breno Bioklik, Michal Burns, and Rory Murphy. Rory Murphy got on quite a bit of ball, actually. Did well in the, the last couple of minutes, got in two or three possessions. Burns put that ball wide. Tony Brosnan dropped that ball short, hit the post, kicked it wide, and Obiugli got on a bit of ball as well. Good news for Kerry fans. Jack O'Connor said that Killian Spillane will be back in time for the final. He's only had three football sessions under his belt, and he plans to get another four into him before July 30th. So you can imagine that Stephen Cluxon is going to be meeting the man, the last score goal against him in championship football. If you, were, if you were Tony Brosnan there, or another Kerry forward, you'd be... You have to train so well over the next couple of nights. <laughs> yeah. You have to keep Killian out of that panel. Like Killian's yeah. going to be coming, and he's yeah. going to be thinking, "I've got to get him and put me on." Yeah, put me on he's the panel. So, yeah, be hard to keep, to keep La- him out. Last Would question from Monaghan and Derry. On to, yeah. Sorry, Paddy, because I want to just wrap this up and then move on to Mead because I'm going to have to let you get <laughs> of away. Course, of course, I'm going to have to let, you, let you get away, and I'm going to have to get the podcast up so people can listen before it's too late tonight. So, last question on Derry and Monaghan. They deserve all their credit for this year. Absolutely exceptional. For next year and their 2024s, was there a fatal flaw in their game plan in the sense that Monaghan only take one shot between the 68th minute when McManus scores and the 77th minute when the game is over? And that's Jack McCarron's point in the 65th minute. Derry only have one shot at the posts. That drops short between McGuigan's free in the 68th minute and McGuigan's final free in the 79th minute. That's 20 minutes without scoring. Monaghan... Uh, went 17 minutes without a shot. One shot. Like, are they, are they only set up to play 60 minutes and it's a 75-minute game? Uh, look, I think it's a little bit harsh, but, but like, we, we Mott had scored 14 points. Derry get... 13. 30, uh, Derry get 115, which is actually slightly higher than I thought they would get. I, I think Derry just run out of gas. They, they literally could just see that they just... Their style of play, they were playing and running the ball... Just so intense. That's very difficult to do for 80 minutes. Uh, and you just got the sense they just, they look like they were running on fumes. Can they find a way to get up the pitch a bit quicker in terms of maybe kick passing or 
just try and manage that better because that, that style of play is unbelievably effective but it's so difficult to do for, for the entire game against the top, top teams and for, for Monaghan as well you always got the sense we said this and I don't like beating the drum about it because they've done some incredible things they're always so difficult to play against but their scoring power is like that's their average score I didn't expect them to score 117 or 118 to win this game I just don't think they had it in them and that the choice of Philly Curry to be fair He's played McManus, McMahon, McManus and McCarran together once against Derry and they were completely targeted and overrun. So he had a choice to play either or. It's And also, Tommy, like the, the reality, like Dublin and Kerry for, for me are the best two teams in the country. You know, and, and they have been. They're exceptional teams and when they turn it on at those championship minutes coming down the stretch, very few teams can live with it. Uh, but, but for Manon, if you're looking at the, their season, we were saying from week one, back in January, expected to be relegated from, from Division One. Finney Curry was very late into the job. There, there, there didn't seem to be much enthusiasm to take that role. And what they've done in terms of staying in Division One, like they got hammered by Derry in the Ulster Championship as well. And turned around and got all the way to an All-Ireland semi-final and, and an incredible account of themselves. So, again, this is kind of sounds bloody condescending. Like, they can look back and review the season, both Monaghan and Derry, and say, do you know what? There's a f- positives outweigh the negatives by far, far more. And they've just come up against two of the, two of the biggest teams, two of the best teams over the last decade. Um, and sometimes it's just you have to hold your hands up. Do you, do you know what I mean? They, Monaghan don't get shots off. They didn't have the ball because Dublin go and gangbusters on Beggins kickouts. That yeah. can happen. And the same for, for Kerry. Kerry get a sniff of it and they that impact off the bench, which probably Derry didn't really have, if we're being totally honest. And, and that's the win and lose of the game but in terms of platforms for both of those teams going into like Derry are into Division 1 Monaghan are still in Division 1 um, and they've young, younger players coming through from their underage systems as well so it's it won't feel like that today for both of those teams for Vinnie Curry and Kiramina and the, and the Derry and Monaghan players but there are still serious platforms for both of those counties to have, have good seasons next year as well I think from, from a Derry point of view they can approach the season so differently next year like this year, they played their strongest possible team in the league. Every game, every chance they had, they played their best team. And then they didn't really uh, develop too many. I know they Lachlan Murray and these fellas who've, who had great years, but they, they probably need to add two or three more to the panel. And the league's not going to be the be-all and end-all next year. So come middle, middle of the table. So t- do your rest, your proper rest. Is the Ultra Championship to be on end all after winning two in a row? Maybe not. Maybe they can change their focus. They know now they have they have the tools maybe to for the bigger prize they can concentrate on that. So they can definitely change their perspective a bit. I, I'd have I'd have big hopes for Derry. If they go at a proper winter and blood a few a few players next year, they're going to be very, very dangerous again. And they'll take huge confidence from an unbelievable performance to begin. hundred percent. Yeah. Their twenty twenty four would be very exciting. They're still the top team in Ulster. I think, I think that, that's clear. You look at Tyrone's regression, look at Armagh, how their season has panned out and Donegal struggles and Monaghan, to be fair, possibly maybe the next best team there, but, but Derry, I still feel, are the, are the top dogs in Ulster. They've cemented themselves a platform there and they're still, they're still progression. They're still, and their defeat to Galway last year, I thought there was a lot more question marks over them at that stage than there was losing this year's semi-final to Kerry. Yeah, okay. Right, on to the real. Here we go! Colin O'Rourke, a man who won two All-Irelands with Mead, said afterwards, and if you saw the smile on his face, you'd believe him. As satisfying as anything I've ever been involved with. Ooh. So Mead took this seriously. And you could see it when Donald Keoghan, a man who's played over 150 times for Mead, through a difficult period when they've taken a lot of patience, 
lifted the cup. There was a real pride and joy in the county. It's been a long time coming to win something there. Um, can this be a springboard for future success, James? Looking at that young me team, um, did you feel like there's are they very, very, very far away, or are they simply just the 16th best team in the country now? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna take. He's still on a building process, but I definitely think that what they have done has been phenomenal because they took, they were judged as, they were kind of being criticised as if they were almost a Division One team this year. Do you know, like they were being, they were being really examined. What are, what, what are these about this year? And they were they were taking some criticism. So to to blood a young team through criticism is so hard. I mean, so mentally draining for everyone involved. So for them to come out and deliver a couple of very good displays, not just the final, a couple of very good displays with that young team after taking a bit of a pasting in the around the county and in the media all year, I think is an unbelievable, unbelievable result for them. And like yeah. they can only grow. And I always, I always say that team holiday. That team has to get that young group in. <laughs> get that young group in and get them tighter. Get them believing that they're on this journey. Because they are. They can be now. They can take me football back back up to the top if they want to. But they need to get tight. They need yeah. to kind of block out all the noise, get on that holiday, have a good time, and decide we're going back to work again in the winter. And if they do, be on to you for all the spots in Vegas, will he? <laughs> You'll see what I mean. Cancun is the, 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 the open goal, goal, yeah. I don't think they should go to Vegas. I, 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 they'd be really getting <laughs> straight to, to, to four. Those yeah. boys will enjoy that holiday. Just to put it into context, O'Rourke used 42 players in 2023. Just five players started O'Rourke's first win against Cork and the Touching Cup final. And just four players started the Touching Cup final and Andy McEntee's last game in charge against Clare last summer. Carl Hickey, Donald Keoghan and Matthew Costello are the players who started all three of those games. There was a championship rookie on every line of the field for me and Sean Brennan in goals, Adam O'Neill in full-back, Sean Coffey, uh, Conor Gray in midfield, Kieran Caulfield at half-forward and Aaron Lynch in the full-forward line. Uh, James, last week when Andy McEntee picked out his player to watch from Mead, I saw one of your eyebrows go up and the other eyebrow go down when he mentioned Conor Gray. He compared him to John McDermott and I get the sense that like most people, because Mead are playing in the secondary competition, you wouldn't have seen much of a 19-year-old six-foot-six midfielder from Mead. What did you make of him on, on Saturday? I thought he was outstanding. Honestly, no, I thought he was brilliant. And he took so much pressure off Mead because when Down decided to push up, we'll go after this, they just went long to him and he was an animal in the air. An animal in the air. And like he took on the leadership for a young fella to take on that burden, take on that leadership, catch those big balls in the air, slip them off, always do the right thing. Yeah, I must say, no, I thought he was a brilliant player. And he is, going, he is going to be around for a long time. And with that physicality and that obvious, those leadership traits to, to, to stand up late in the game, I, I'd have high hopes for him. It was how well he used the ball as well. And another player that was mentioned, Paddy, was Jack Flynn. And I will go so far as to say that the last time we saw a shooting exhibition like that in Crow Park was another Flynn back in 2014 in the first half against Donegal. Jack Flynn shot the lights out in those last 20 minutes of four brilliant scores from play. Some boomers, some boomers, to be fair to him. Uh, but that's, it was an exceptional performance. And, and look, I, I was leaning towards Down to win this game. They were lucky. No, I'll be honest. Mead were lucky. Like, yeah, Down, well, down well, had an off day in ways. Down, well, yeah, Down I, were I, great. I like, I don't know. Like, like Down were four points to one up after, what, about 15 minutes or so and you got the sense, okay, this is kind of going to script. Me to get a pretty fortuitous goal, but then 
second half, the, the stand up, and it's like Jack O'Connor coming off the bench. Jack Flynn, they're, they're unbelievable scores. I've never seen a man kick the ball as high. I mean, he's just tipping over the black spot, but they were brilliant, brilliant scores. And, and I, I couldn't get away from the fact O'Rourke's interview afterwards. He, he literally described the Talta Cup. We wouldn't have been ready as a team to play this competition or play in the Sam Maguire two months ago. But this is the whole point and the beauty of the Talta Cup. And some counties still look down their nose at it. And there's, there's still kind of people rolling their eyes going, that's it's a secondary competition. But made, they've got absolute, look at the benefits they got for those young players. Colin and his point, they'd be ready to play in the Sam Maguire now if it was on now. And those two months of training and games and a bit of confidence. And we were saying, what well, would made have been better this year? I mean, look, you didn't know the answer. If they beat off Lee and they get into the Sam Maguire and no they, get a bit of, they get a bit of a hiding, that is a no chance. If they get a bit of a hiding in that, what does that really do for them? We've seen Westmead, last year's winners, a bit disappointed in their National League campaign, but they have a brilliant championship and they're arguably one of the most unlucky teams not to come out of the group stages. But you see there was a real kick on from them. And that's what, what Colin Morgan and Mead are trying to do. That's why I don't think he's taken the mick when he says that how important a win that was for him and that the satisfaction he gets with brilliant photo of himself and Sean Boyle and see it after. Yeah, yeah even, even as a dub, I was like, that's, yeah, that's a bit of magic. Um, but for Mead, for those young guys to come through, and you say the change in the team, that's what needed to happen to Mead. That the whole point of O'Rourke being hired was to galvanise, to bring through players, to get a bit of energy and feel-good factor back in the county because it, it, it was not in a good place. There was a negativity around Mead and, and a bit of... Uh, Andy McAtee said it last week there was kind of nearly infighting which doesn't help but but that win at the weekend and the manner of it the the style of play which is admirable but at times you can say oh, maybe that's a little bit naive but the scores they were kicking the younger players taking leadership of it there's a foundation and I agree with Jimmy that this is from me where Mead were a couple of months ago where they're teetering on the edge of being relegated from Division 2 losing off in, in the Leinster Championship are thinking this could go really really wrong but a credit to work on the management team a credit to those players they've gone and done it um, and the big thing for them is now can they kick on look they're not really at the level and that's the reality of it in terms of could they win the Leinster Championship no Dublin are well, the biggest rivals of the all are in the final but in terms of they can look at Division 2 and say Okay, can we kick on from this? We're in the Sam Maguire. They are now made or look at the trajectory they're on T. It's a hell of a lot better than, than where it was a couple of months ago. And that's the beauty of the Talta Cup for teams that go after it and the reward that Colm O'Rourke and those Mead players get. I'm actually very happy that they won because I think it's brilliant for Leinster to have a team progressing. Um, and Mead is made should Two be. Two Talta Cup winners now in Leinster. Yeah. Nail it every year. Like just, just let's just linger on Sean Boylan for one second. I think he's. I think Sean Boylan is eighty this year. Uh, the first trophy that he had his hands on for Mead was the nineteen eighty four Centenary Cup. That's forty years ago next year. The influence that man has had on football, and he's still like, doing it in the county. Like what is absolute? Well, the, the, just Legend, a magician, yeah. like unbelievable. And uh, actually, there was a lovely photo of himself and Conor Laverty after the game as well. He worked quite closely with Laverty in his first year as a young manager as a down under 21 boss too. So like Sean Boylan, uh, his influence stretches far. And um, we might just talk about that downside in a minute too. I think it was actually Down's worst performance of the year. I actually think they'd be kicking themselves looking back. Conor Laverty used, I think, 48 players this year. Down in the last two seasons have used 69 footballers. Like they are in a period of transition. But I do think there's green shoots there this year. And um, 
obviously I think I called it early in the year that they'd beat Donegal in Ulster I think they could <laughs> they could bounce get a bounce out of this as well they I, will. I think, they, I think they, they, they will yeah they will yeah they'll get a bounce but for me to go up to Crow Park and leave with a trophy is so good for your your mentality it's like you're part of something huge like they'll be walking around town they'll be they'll be they'll just be feeling a million dollars for a while and that that's so important in your development but i want to have a shout out for obviously flynn's points were exceptional and the fact he celebrated every single one of them <laughs> his point, i'd say yes. his, his bicep was cramping all night he was like yes come on <laughs> well, <laughs> earned. well earned yeah, Costello as well swung over a couple of very he's important leader. points he's at the end. Jack O'Connor, yeah. Jack O'Connor, and Jack O'Connor, Jack O'Connor's first point. The first point he got was top Second one uh, was a bit more not not fortuitous, but it was kind of the first one was just pure skill out the gate. It was just class, um, and then obviously the goal. But like well, they had some serious performers. He got a hand passed that ball over the bar at the end, James. He could have, and then we'd be slating the back off from here. Yeah, because well, the, the thing he had a Jack chance Connor, to score a goal in Crow Park in a final. The thing, the thing about Jack Connor, and I still, I've watched that game back. I still don't know whether it was an unbelievable defensive setup from Mead, the amount of turnovers they got, or whether it was just more power, or whether Mead have completely changed their defensive structure. I couldn't figure that out yet. But one call they made was they had been starting Jack O'Connor. They decided they wanted him to come on as a finisher, and that is a call that paid absolute dividends. They dropped him before the game. Brought him on with twenty five minutes to go, and himself and Flynn kicked them over the line. So that was that was massive for me. And uh, there's a homecoming actually in Park Talton tonight. So are you hosting? Are you yeah, not involved? You'll no, do MC uh, for that, no? Oh, did I you burn really, a few? Did you burn a few bridges? No, I haven't burned any bridges. I haven't burned any bridges. I just oh, haven't really got maybe. the call up. Haven't got the call up yet for uh, any big gigs off the back of the football pod. So me and Jimmy were asked to do it. I know you, Jimmy, been asked. We're heading up for day two. We'll be in Navantown tomorrow now, strutting our stuff. Yeah. Okay, so... We're, going to, we're going to Cancun with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Delta Cup. That's when we pick it up all the time. We're on the team holiday. We am should, I we to should say, get an all-media pass. Am I allowed I to say, so. look, the Delta Cup final on Saturday and Derry Kerry on Sunday felt like two different sports. Hmm. Like it is, it is like like it, the tears are there; they exist, and I think we've seen why the Talisman Cup is in existence. It's needed, one hundred percent, hundred percent. It is. You have to bridge the gap some way. I agree. There was probably a difference in standard and difference in intensity because of probably a lot of experience as well. The Kerry players and Derry players know how to bring that intensity to a big game, whereas yeah. like the Meath and the Downs are learning that with new players. So it's not. It, it might doesn't have to be that far away from for either team if they go at it properly. Okay. That's an exciting few months ahead. Lads, I think that's it for this week's episode of Football Pod. I think it could end up being one of our longest of the year so far. We've got so much to talk about. I'm already looking forward to next week's pod. We've got our roadshow in Crow Park on the 27th, three days before the All-Ireland Final as well. So it's exciting times. Um, anything else that you want to get into? Or do we miss anything? Or is that us? It's a lot to get through this week, but it was a, another good weekend. But lads, this is, this is going to be a good crack these next two weeks. This is a big time. This is showbiz. We'd be we'd be put out we'd be put out for pasture if there was if it was Derry and Man in the final. Are you were ditched. <laughs> <Huh>? I was <laughs> getting ready for the roadshow. Uh Jay's cancelled the roadshow, but uh and I was looking ropey at times, but uh now I'm looking forward to our special guests, whoever we get to join us. That should be Yeah, yeah. I hope you I hope you do well there now, Tom. Don't duff that now, team. You want to ah. 
good I've never lads, let you no. down before, lads. I've never let you down. Some before, good lads, so. and I need a dub. I need some sort of dub with me after the pace that I was getting down in Killarney with Marco Shaley. <laughs> All right, well, if we go for a, a double dub, we might have to double up with the Kerry lads as well. So we'll see what I, happens. You can bring in a Kerry fellow, but once I have a good dub beside me, we're on the neutral venue on Croker as well, so that'd be good. Okay. All right. <laughs> neutral venue, my own. Uh, neutral venue, but we're giving the dub 70,000 tickets and Kerry uh, 8,000. <laughs> do I get, yeah, the, do I get to use my own dressing room? Do I get to use my own dressing room? Paddy gets his own dressing room, yeah. And <laughs> I James. actually got, got two tickets for this roadshow as well. Like. <laughs> What a wrestler. Yeah, no, I, was, I was chatting to him there this morning, yeah. I hope he gets it. I hope he gets it, because uh, it'll be a great Me game. Me too. I have two for Hurston as well, just in case. Okay. <laughs> James, Paddy, thanks a million. Thanks, Tommy. To everybody Post. listening at home, thanks Post for tuning boys. In. Yeah. So uh, we'll leave it there, and we will catch up later in the week. See you, boys. We'll leave it there, so. Uh, the Royals are back. <laughs> <laughs>